Blog Talk Radio.
down and wiped our tears away. Stepped in and saved the day. But once again, I say amen. And it's still raining. As the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain. I'm with you. And as your mercy falls, I'll raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away.
and uh, Brother Dave was uh, said he was in pain in his back, and I don't dispute that. He's been going through a lot, and uh, I'm praying for him. I urge everyone else to pray for Brother Dave Horner, and uh, we'll be doing the broadcast tonight and might be playing all the favorite hymns that we played here. And uh, I'll be doing less commentating and <laughs> a little bit more kind of a, a mini music marathon, you know, a, a mini song fest, so to speak, a hymn fest, you know. And uh, we'll be going through a number of our uh hymns that we play here normally and then around six o'clock we'll get into the message itself and uh from the uh, gospel of matthew and we'll be looking at uh matthew 24 get your bibles ready for that uh before i go into prayer i just want to thank everybody for faithfully being here for the broadcast all these years little over nine years and one month, I believe, in these broadcasts. And uh, I'm just uh, praising the Lord for the opportunity we've had to lift up the testimony of Jesus Christ and the testimony of the gospel here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. And all those listening in, in Berean Bible Chapel, uh, doing a little commenting back and forth there i'm just praying that there's no technical glitches at least we won't have to deal with any technical glitches anymore (laughs) what are we going to do down the road well what we're doing down the road is uh probably a couple of weeks maybe three or four weeks we'll be doing live facebook videos inside berean bible chapel and uh don't know how we're going to work music along that unless we sing a cappella and uh because every time we try to play music on a live video facebook always uh deletes the hymns and uh there's just an obstacle doing that so we'll we'll look at that and then we're uh hopefully you all pray that we get a youtube channel uh, Berean Bible Chapel YouTube channel we hope to have and the uh, YouTube channel has the capability to where Dave or someone uh, co-hosting with me that night when we have YouTube uh, Berean Bible Chapel YouTube broadcast it'll be more of a split screen kind of deal and I'm not certain about the music capabilities and everything. But uh, the price for Blog Talk Radio just became exponentially above that, which we are able to support. And so uh, we've just decided to conclude our Berean Bible Chapel Blog Talk Radio broadcast capability and uh, just put it in the Lord's hands. I'm not, I'm not certain about the timing and everything. No, the timing doesn't have anything to do with what happened in Berean. Uh, 
I want to put all that behind us, folks. I want to put all that behind us and move forward. We have to go forward, okay? We can't look back, you know. Look, If you look back, Luke 9.62 tells us we're not fit for the kingdom of God. We don't want to look back. So we just have some decisions we're making. We're going to be having Bible studies in Berean. We're going to have the Lord's Supper via live Facebook video so everybody can participate. Then we're going to do the uh, uh, prayer meeting. We're going to be having a prayer meeting in Berean Bible Chapel through live Facebook video. We're going to be going live a lot in Berean. And uh, I think what there'll be some changes you'll see going on. And then I want to kind of, as we go into prayer, I want to ask you to pray all of you in Berean, to pray for the uh, our needs. We have uh, three staff positions uh, available. And uh, also one of those positions, of course, is Berean Bible Chapel Prayer Director, Prayer Coordinator. And uh, I would like y'all all of y'all to please pray for that all of you all to pray for that that someone will step forward and uh, after prayer and say uh you know i'd like to uh cons- be considered for the uh p- the position of prayer director in berean i want the prayer ministry to be uh fortified and reinforced and uh, I'm sure there's uh, God has somebody out there uh, in Berean, uh, in, in the online or in the online ministry who is uh, ready, willing, and able to serve in that function and that uh, capacity to assist me in my capacity as pastor, and uh, and also with the deacons Brian Mills and and Dave Horner, and so uh, we're going to be doing things a lot. A lot of changes in Berean, and of course, uh, terminating, concluding our blog talk radio broadcast uh, opportunities is un- unfortunately out of necessity one of those changes. And I just, uh, my wife and I have, have financed this broadcast for nine years, and uh, price for doing so was very reasonable and we were grateful but now they've come back and uh, exponentially raised the rates and we just I just can't afford the rates that they're asking for and especially in light of the fact that we do occasionally have technical glitches so with that said uh, that's why today is our last uh, Korean Bible Chapel Blog Talk Radio broadcast. Before we go into prayer, I do want to have one final couple of thoughts I'd like to say. I'd like to express as pastor. I want to thank Brother Dave Horner. Uh, he's not here, so all of you, please tell him, you know, let him know that on this broadcast, you know, uh, Maybe he's listening. I'm praying he's listening. 
but I want to thank him for serving as co-host during the Berean Bible Chapel Blog Talk radio broadcast for uh, some length of time now. And uh, I appreciate his service to the Lord in this regard. I appreciate what he brought to the table by way of uh, edifying the brethren, by way of uh, uh, not just support for me as pastor, but just bringing his unique uh, style and his uh, his joy. There was joy. They they showed much joy in doing this broadcast, and I I appreciate every single minute that I've been had the opportunity to serve with him here on the Berean Bible Chapel Blog Talk Radio broadcast. So. Uh, I ask everybody to pray for Dave, thank the Lord for Dave, and uh, encourage him. Please, some of you, please send him an encouragement. Could be a private chat message, maybe post something in Berean in his honor, uh, maybe a hymn or something like that, and uh, just let Dave know that he he's appreciated and he was... Uh, uh, truly, truly filled with joy in serving as co-host of this broadcast. And I appreciate uh, all his service to the Lord Jesus and to Berean Bible Chapel. All right. So with that said, let's uh, let's go to prayer. And then we're going to play a couple of more hymns. So here we go. Uh the prayer request, spoken and unspoken, yes. Uh, I'm thinking of the needs, family needs. I'm thinking of uh, answered prayer. I'm thinking of the uh, prayer requests that we're, we're seeing in this prayer ministry. And... Uh, There are so many needs. I think the more I, I, I do and study the prayer requests and what's involved, and then I make connections in, in many instances, and uh, I will, I'm not above calling you up and, and if I have your contact information and uh, speaking with you on these prayer requests. To, uh, the Lord has really shifted my attention and focus onto ministry and ministering to those in Berean Bible Chapel. And uh, as we go to prayer, I just want you to keep all those things in mind. Every, behind every prayer request is a family. Behind every prayer request is a saint of God. Behind every prayer request is a uh, brother in Christ or sister in Christ. In many instances, going through fiery trials and tribulations, personal tribulations, testings, their faith being tried. And this is no coincidence. Uh, 
Jesus said, in this world, we will have tribulation. We will have difficulties and obstacles and things. And we will walk through things. But we draw close to Christ. We go, we draw to his word. We draw to his Holy Spirit. And we uh, pray for one another. And uh, specifically, we pray for families and those in need. And we, and no matter what the circumstances, please, please be compassionate and understanding. And and uh, accepting and welcoming for each and every prayer request that comes across your desk or pops up on your computer screen or on your cell phone or whatever device you're using. Some of you use computers, hard drive, laptops. Others use uh, desk desktop computers. Others just use your cell phone, your smartphone. None of them, none of these prayer requests are less important than the next prayer request. None of them must be, we must leave nobody behind. We must leave no prayer request behind. So as we pray right now, let's pray for God to hear our cry and our prayer. And Jesus says, if we pray asking in his name, we will receive. An answer to the prayer. We are assured in God's word that God hears our prayer. That Jesus is here in our prayer. And not just here in our prayer, but praying with us. Bible says Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. Scripture teaches that when we don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit within us prays and groanings and utterings that can't be uttered, that can't be shared. And uh, we, are, we are very much aware of that. We are very much, I acknowledge that very much so. So let's pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you for these prayer requests, Lord, that we come before your throne of grace with, Lord. We Many of them have been prayed Immersed in prayer, Lord, entire week throughout today, this weekend, the hours leading up to now. We pray for Dave and his back, Lord. We pray for uh, a job and, and, and a move for Sierra, Lynn, Nicole, Owens, moving from Texas to Oklahoma. Keep her safe, Lord. Keep Keep the family safe. Keep their possessions safe, Lord. We ask for you to supply a job for Chase. We're praying for Sister in Christ, Jamie Lynn Crawford Webb. We pray for her, Lord, as recovering from cancer treatments, radiation, chemo, going through uh, 
her, her uh, physical therapy and, and rehab therapy and all of that, recovering from multiple hospitalizations. And we're thankful for the answered prayer regarding her, Lord. We're praying for Susan Martinelli Smith, Lord, for the uh, providing her medicines. She has her meds again. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you. You kept her daughter, Rebecca, and her boyfriend, Norman, safe in Mexico and brought them back to uh, Apache Junction, Arizona, and and got the meds back to uh, Suzanne. And I ask your blessing on Suzanne, Lord. We pray for uh, Gina Mondello going through everything she's walking through, all the trials and tribulations and testings, the trying of her faith, her, her dialysis, the pain, suffering, and affliction she deals with. And Father God, we don't. it's only in you that she's been able to get this far, and you've spared her in, in miraculous fashion through some very severe testing and trials and physical suffering and difficulties. And we don't know if there's a transplant waiting for her, Lord, but we're going to commit it to you. We're going to commit Gina to you, to your care, and we're going to pray for her and keep praying for her until until we hear and receive the good report that we're praying for, for Gina. And and I pray, Lord, you would be with her. For Mylan and Sophie Bunchevac, we pray for them. Mylan's uh, physical difficulties and illness, the uh, super uh, hyper migraines he's having and all of that, and the difficulties Sophie's going through and her daughter in Canada going through things, Lord. We ask you to be with Cassie and be with them. Keep them safe, Lord. Work in their hearts and lives, Lord. We pray, Lord, for uh, Brother Brian Mills' dad. We pray for him, Lord. We pray that you would be with them, Brian and Helena, and bless them. Bless his father, Lord. Lead his father's heart to turn to you, Lord. We just commit it to you, Lord. Carol Ham Smith going through testing and trial, Lord. I pray your hand and favor on her. Your grace is showered upon her. I pray, Lord, you be with her, Lord, in this testing and trial she's going through. Yolanda Deeks in the uh, Netherlands, far across an ocean, Lord. We pray for Yolanda Deeks, Lord, going every everything she's walking through, Lord. Sandra Inglis in Scotland, in Edinburgh, Scotland, we ask you to be with them, Lord. Be with her and keep her safe and, and, and bless her, Lord. Help her to sense your presence with her, that you, you, you've not left her or forsaken her, but you're lifting her up. Praying for the uh, Debbie Wells, Lord. Praying for Debbie Wells and her husband, and and the little fellowship there, I pray your blessing on that fellowship, that you would strengthen that those believers, Lord. 
with Debbie Wells and her and her husband. I thank you, Lord, for their prayers for this ministry. Debbie King Killian, I pray for her and Armand and the family. I thank you for keeping the family safe on the the trip they had to take. Lord, they there were were the grandchildren went on went on trips and keeping them safe. Lord, answer in prayer. Father God, I, I'm thinking of Katie Chopper, Lord, and Linda Hurt Risinger and Glenda Hurt, Nancy Mako, Judy Paris, Lord, Cheryl Pixley Johnson. I pray your blessing on Cheryl Pixley Johnson, Father God. Everything she's going through, the physical suffering, the breathing uh, difficulties. I pray your hand and favor on her. Your grace would shower upon her, Lord. So many prayer requests, Lord. Linda Linda Woody and her prayer ministry, ask your favor and hand on them. And Father God, we just pray. There's so many prayer requests. I don't want to leave anybody out. don't want to leave any prayer requests behind. I, I, just, I just commit all of them to you, Lord. We pray for this ministry, Lord. We pray for your leading guidance and direction and everything said and done, that it glorifies you, Lord, brings glory to you, Lord, and to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be what we ought to be. Forgive us where we fail you. And and bless this ministry, we pray. Help us, Lord, to be a blessing, to, to, to be in prayer, to be in Bible study, and to be in fervent love with each other, Lord, as believers. We pray for Berean Bible Chapel, Lord. We ask you to supply our needs, equip us as we are a need to be equipped. Speak to the hearts of those in the fellowship, Lord who may step up and say, here am I, I'll serve, I'll serve. Father God, I thank you for this fellowship, this ministry of reconciliation that you have given all of us. Father God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. The word is alive. Uh, I kind of spun a whole whole great amount of uh, hymns here away this afternoon. And now it's time to get into God's word. And I was sitting here thinking about the uh, nine years, one month of this ministry of Blog Talk Radio Outreach, where we talked. And I just looked at the numbers, and 39,700 people have listened to this broadcast since it began nine years and one month ago. And I just, uh, I am just stunned at what God does. I mean, it's all God. It's all God's Holy Spirit. It's all for the glory of God. One of the first messages we be, I, I ever preached on Blog Talk Radio is from Matthew chapter 24. So I kind of have a uh, a thought that maybe come full circle, so to speak, since this ministry began. And now we're in Matthew chapter 24 as we get into God's word. So let's pray. Father God in heaven, I just pray for the message now, and it's going to be a, a message that will be strike at the heart and core of each and every believer, Lord. Because when we consider what we're going to be talking about, Lord, in one aspect you warn us what's coming, what to look out for, and another aspect you're telling us what's coming. You're, shut, you're, you're really, Lord, you're really, Lord Jesus, you're just preparing us for what's coming, Lord. And Father God, that's what we've talk, sought to do in this whole Blog Talk Radio broadcast opportunity you gave us for these nine years, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would, you, Lord, would be magnified and glorified in this message, Lord. We would lift up your testimony, testimony of the word of God. Help us, Lord, to be receptive to what your Holy Spirit's going to show us today, teach us, remind us, and help me, Lord, to be faithful to be faithful to you, Lord, to your leading, obedient to your leading. Help, Lord. We need your help. We're, we're but branches, Lord. You're the vine. You're the vine we draw strength from, nurture from. You're the one, Lord. It's all about you. Help us, Lord, now. May this message be used to glorify you, Lord, magnify and exalt you in Jesus' name. Amen. In Matthew 24, anybody talks about Matthew 24, you immediately think of prophecy in the last days and end times. But as we consider all of these things going on, and we're watching around us, we for 10 years now, a decade on, of online ministry, we have watched 
God preparing the prophetic stage. It's God, the Father, who is the one who sets up the prophetic panorama. If there is such a description, that is what it, that's what fits. That's what the Bible gives us. And prophecy is not supposed to be the reason and end all and be all of everything. Prophecy is to show us how short the time is and to communicate to the church, the true church and body of Christ, the urgency of the hour, the urgency to 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 preach the gospel, to share the gospel, to share Jesus Christ, to point people to be born again. And that they would come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what Matthew 24 is all about. Yes, it's a prophetic message known as the Olivet Discourse. It's the beginning. It's just the beginning of the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24, the, the verses we'll be looking at. Matthew 24 is considered by Bible scholars to be the overture. It's the overture to the book of Revelation. Be so worried about what the world is coming to that you forget who it is that is coming to the world. Did I say that right? I wonder if I said that right. Here in Matthew 24, Jesus is talking. And when I read this, I go back to Daniel, the book of Daniel. Because Daniel, Matthew 24, and Revelation all speak of the end times and last days. All speak of the Antichrist. All speak of what's coming down the pike as this last decade has unfolded, we've seen God setting the prophetic stage. Things are happening behind the scenes that are showing us that the scripture, the prophecies are unfolding and coming to pass and things are happening exactly as God's word has been saying for 2,000 years. Everything is, it's like everything is being readied and prepared. And I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but I'm telling you, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I wonder how many out there in professing Christendom are ready to go. And just how many are not just ready, but willing to let go of this world. I I saw today a sister in Christ reminded me. God's been preparing everybody for departure. 
his saints, the brothers and sisters in Christ. Things are happening in such a way and in such a manner that it's like we are letting go of things of this world. So we go into Matthew 24, which is considered the overture of the book of Revelation. And I think back to Daniel talking about prophecy, Daniel 9, chapter Daniel 12, Daniel 11, excuse me, Daniel 9, 10, 11, and 12, all speak of the last days and end times. And Daniel is considered a companion, the Old Testament companion book to the book of Revelation. And the book of Revelation stands on its own. It's the only book in the Bible that promises a blessing if you just read it. It's the only book in the Bible that unveils Christ in all his majesty and glory. And at the same time, it shows where Israel comes back to faith in Jesus Christ. Israel comes to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And there's so much teaching in the book of Revelation. And it is an indictment on on spiritual cowardice that so many don't preach from the book of Revelation anymore. They're scared of the book because of its prophetic implications and ramifications and all the rest. And yet within the book of Revelation is the unveiling of Jesus Christ and all his majesty and glory. God's plan for the ages unfolded and revealed to all humanity. But we're we're talking tonight from Matthew twenty four. It's kind of kind of like the stepping stone to the book of Revelation, if that's a good way to say it. Matthew 24, verse 1, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not one stone be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, stop and think now. When Jesus said those words, that was, the, that was the very last thing in, in the disciples' and apostles' minds. They were thinking of the majesty and the glory of the temple. Back in Jesus' time, when, the, when people journeyed to Jerusalem from wherever across Israel they came from, or for that matter, from across the Roman Empire, wherever people came from, there was a certain point where they would look up to Jerusalem, the true city on a hill, as the scripture talks about. Jesus talked about city on a hill cannot be hidden. Well, Jerusalem could not be hidden because the temple, golden and light and shining and and all its glory, in the sunlight, you just, you couldn't miss Jerusalem. You could not miss 
Jerusalem because the temple led you to Jerusalem. And and that is probably what the intent was when when uh, the temples were constructed, first by Solomon and then by Herod, that the temples were built for that purpose. Now, one was to the glory of God, the other was built for the glory of a man. But from a distance, it was it was the glory of the temple that led you to Jerusalem's walls, to 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 the city itself, and that's possibly why the scripture refers to Jerusalem as the city of the great king. wasn't talking about Herod; it's talking about King Jesus. That's what the scripture is talking about. So Jesus is told them, you know. I'm telling you, yeah, I, I know it's 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 impressive. It looks impressive, but I'm telling you, look at it. Right now it's there standing intact, but there's coming a day when it won't be there anymore. Every stone will be thrown down. Not one stone of the temple will be up on it on it. Left left standing. Not one stone upon another. I mean can you imagine what they must have thought? What's going to happen? Is a giant earthquake going to tear down the temple? Is God going to destroy the temple? But it wasn't God so much that destroyed the temple. It was that the Romans came in and destroyed the temple. The Romans came in to crush the Jewish rebellion. And in so doing, threw down every stone of the temple until it was all destroyed. First they looted and ransacked it. Then they laid siege to Jerusalem. And it was, uh, I'm telling you, it was the most bloody siege in the history of humanity happened in Jerusalem. And Jesus is referring to that very siege. And so he utters in verse 2 of Matthew 24 a prophecy that was fulfilled in 70 A.D. when General Titus and the Roman legions came into Jerusalem and sacked the temple, destroyed it. General Titus was so infuriated at the rebellion and the defiance of the Jews that he deliberately told the Roman legions to tear down the stones. He did not want to see one stone standing. And Josephus is the one who gives the account in history and other, other historians who were there, who heard of what happened there. And Jesus prophesied about it in 33 AD, long before 70 AD ever happened. And then it says, Jesus, you know, he's standing there when they come up to him and they pass the temple and everything. And then it's, it says he sat down upon the Mount of Olives. The disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when when shall these things be, 
And what shall be the sign of thy coming in the end of the world? Yeah, when the temple's destroyed, that's the end of the Jewish world. That's what they're thinking. That's what the apostles and disciples are thinking. Then tell us when this is going to happen. For goodness sakes, tell us when this is going to happen. That's what that's what they're asking Jesus. And what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, here it is, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famine and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. All these things I'm reading, they sound like today, don't they? I mean, it's not just a couple of them. All of them. All of them. And many shall deceive many, it says. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. And he that but he that endures unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all the nations, and then shall the end come. Separate the gospel from Bible prophecy. A lot of people try. Even Bible scholars try, but Bible prophecy and the gospel are connected. Because when all this is going on and all these things are going on, there are those who are preaching the gospel. And the gospel is of the kingdom of heaven. It shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all the nations. And then shall the end come, Jesus says. The authentic and genuine biblical proclamation of the gospel is always built upon an apocalyptic foundation. Jesus is coming. You need to be saved if you're not saved. You need to be born again if you're not born again. You need to come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. You can't play games with God. Everything is coming to a a culmination. Everything is coming to... a climax. Everything is coming together. It's not that the world's falling apart. It's that everything is falling into place. Exactly as the Bible says. We see the first thing Jesus talked about is deception. Within the covers of the Bible are all the answers. For all the problems and issues that men and women are confronted with in life. And we try to share what the Bible says. 
We lift up the testimony of God's word. We lift up the testimony of Jesus Christ. And make no mistake, all the answers that are found in faith is found in Jesus Christ. True faith is Jesus faith in Jesus Christ. All the answers are found in faith in Jesus Christ. In these last days and end times, the testimony of Jesus and the testimony of the Word of God are the only hope for humanity to escape the wrath of God coming upon the face of the earth in the great tribulation era that I've just described to you in these verses. Deception, persecution, hate, wars, rumors of wars, pestilences, earthquakes, famines. There's a famine going on right now. It's a famine of the word of God. And people are preaching, but they're not preaching the word of God. And the sheep, the sheep who follow all these shepherds, they're being abused and neglected. They're being neglected and abandoned. When you don't, Feed people God's word. You don't crack a Bible. You don't even mention the word of God. You don't even go to the scriptures. You're not feeding the sheep who are starving. That's what God looks at when he thinks of the shepherds. Shepherds are responsible to feed the sheep the word of God. That They're the only hope that we have to endure. I'm talking about myself too, not just the fellowship. In these last days and end times, the testimony of Jesus and the testimony of the word of God are the only hope for humanity to escape the wrath of God that's coming upon the face of the earth. Yet in society and civilization, right is defined as wrong, wrong is defined as right, and every man does that which is right in their own eyes. Militant atheists today have more sway and influence in society than do godly men and women. Sin and iniquity are abounding on every hand, exactly like this passage tells us. And the sin and iniquity, and yes, that includes sexual sin and iniquity. And entire societies and civilizations protect and nurture and embrace and advocate the sin and iniquity. And perversions and deviant behavior are given free reign and sway in our society and civilizations. The last days are filled with evil. This is escalated just like the scripture warned It's escalated because of the spreading and widespread existence of demonic deception. Let's understand something. Let's proceed into this understanding something. Deception is always demonic. Deception is false teaching. Deception are false prophets. Deception are what Jesus said. People who come to you and claim to be Christ claim to be of Christ, 
claim to be of the house of Christ, claim to be Christian, claim to be born again, claim to be pastors. How many of us have discovered people who make those claims never were that to begin with? Deception isn't popular. It sounds negative, but it's not. It's a positive warning from God. That's what Jesus is saying. Take care that nobody, no man deceive you. Watch out for deception, Jesus is saying. There is much evidence at hand that this is so. We can look around and see it. As believers, we proceed from the truth that the scriptures will inform our view of deception or deception will inform our view of the scriptures. That's what's really going on here. That's what's really at stake. Deception is found everywhere, just as our Lord Jesus warned us in the Olivet Discourse in these verses. Verses 1 through 14 of Matthew 24. Deception leads to deconstruction. What is deconstruction? There are people today who say they're going to examine why they believe what they believe, and so they deconstruct their faith. They deconstruct their personal testimony. They deconstruct it. In other words, what God has built into them, they tear it down and take it apart. And because they listen to the enemy deceiving them, they listen to a false preacher or a false teacher who recommends those kind of things. And so they deconstruct their faith. Deconstruction is very, very prevalent in our society. And inside professing Christendom, deconstruction is everywhere. Just as deception is everywhere. Deconstruction leads to conversion. I've heard testimony after testimony after testimony of pastors who lead churches who just give up being a Christian, say they no longer believe in Jesus Christ. They no longer believe in God's word. And they go off on a tangent into some other ministry application what what passes as ministry. And so they deconvert. They they give up their faith. Who and what about the sheep they represented? What about the people who look to them for spiritual leadership? They just say goodbye, so long, farewell, and the sheep are left without a shepherd. Already in deception and false teaching. You see what it means when it says sin and iniquity abound on every hand? So deception leads to deconstruction. Deconstruction leads to deconversion. And deception inevitably leads directly to spiritual suicide and physical suicide, which, by the way, is proliferating and escalating in unprecedented numbers in the body of Christ. Pastors taking their lives, taking their own life because they've 
renounced their faith in Christ. They've given up following the scriptures. They shut their Bible and no, I'm not going to talk about the Bible no more. I'm not going to talk about Jesus no more. And then they get in despair and depression. And then depression leads into deeper, deeper despair and some take their lives. It doesn't matter if they're married, have a wife and children, they still do it. There's no, it's it's tragic what deception leads to. There's no barriers there. There's no hedge of protection around them. When they walk away from faith in Jesus Christ and you have tasted that the Lord is gracious and you, you just suddenly go into defiance and rebellion, go into deception, go into deconstruction, go into de- deconversion, go into despair, go into depression until the inevitable end consequences, not just spiritual suicide, but physical suicide. And the agenda, the objective of demonic deception, it has but one agenda. And it's the agenda of the enemy. It's the agenda of Satan. And that is to destroy you and to destroy your faith in Jesus Christ and God's word. Demonic deception always leads to defiance and rebellion against God's word. And thus defiance and rebellion against God himself. It's really tragic to to see these things happening, to see the impact of deception. But now I understand why Jesus warned so much about it and why pastors like me keep asking God, God, why do you want me to preach on deception again? I've already I've already preached on that just four or five weeks ago, and God says, preach the word, preach it in season, out of season. Preach it. Just preach what I'm leading you to preach. There's a reason. And in some instances later, I, I discover some of the reasons. People come to me and say, boy, Chappie, you don't know how close I was into falling into deception. But then that message was preached. I'm not saying that so people pat me on the back and say, whoa, great, great, great catch, Chappie. No, it's God's Holy Spirit looking out for you. It's God's Holy Spirit looking out for you. It's God looking out for you. It's the Lord Jesus looking out for you. Because defiance and rebellion, they don't come out of the clear blue sky. Defiance and rebellion come from walking away from God's word. They come from falling into deception, falling into false teachers or false preachers or false prophets. Demonic deception always presents, promotes a false gospel, a false Christ, a false Christianity. Always, without exception. Make no mistake, Satan and the demons are heavily involved in the proliferation and escalation of spreading demonic deception across professing Christendom. I am convinced of this with every fiber of my being as a minister of 
the gospel of God's grace is that Satan and the demons are really in a full court press situation. They're spreading the deception. If I was to ask you to turn to Ephesians 6, chapter verses 10 through 20, where spiritual warfare is mentioned and the whole armor of God and all of that, we would see that spiritual warfare is underway. Paul, the, uh, through the Holy Spirit, is telling and warning everybody, you don't walk into spiritual warfare without the armor of God. You can't go in there without the word of God. You can't go in there without, you know, being connected to the vine. Spiritual warfare is underway and such viciousness and hatred. And that's one of the things Jesus talks about. Brethren who are offended as other brethren. Those who hate others. Those who are caught in sin and iniquity and rebellion and deception. And, and those who are influenced and under that sway and influence, they seek to strike and strike out at those who are, are God uses to convict their hearts to repent and get back to God and get back to God's word. But the viciousness and hatred is out there, and we see it. We've seen instances of it. Some of you in, some of you in Berean have shared those testimonies with me. Our Lord Jesus Christ promises that even though the very gates of hell will come against us, Satan will not prevail against the true church and body of Christ. Sometimes we we look at the enemy and we want to flee instead of press the attack, instead of stand. Matthew sixteen eighteen reveals the true church and body of Christ isn't built upon a man, not me, it's not Chappie. It's built upon the rock. Upon this rock I will build my church, Jesus said. The rock isn't Peter, my friends. Peter means little stone. The rock is Jesus Christ. The rock is our Lord Jesus Christ himself. It is Christ in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, who is declared to be the author and finisher of our faith. And that's clear Bible truth. Christ is the rock on which the church is built. That's why the enemy will never prevail against us, because the enemy can't go against Christ. He's been defeated at Calvary and on the cross. Christ defeated Satan. He destroyed the works of darkness. We oppose. Therefore, scripturally speaking, we oppose demonic deception. Uh, We expose the false prophets, false preachers, false teachers, false apostles. Because God's word commands us to do so. That's why you hear a sermon. I'll give. Uh, there'll be a sermon. I'll, I'll be preaching, and I start naming names. I start talking about this person or that person involved in the New Apostolic Reformation. I give their names so that I warn you to stay away from these false teachers, and that's why we are to expose them. 
because God's word commands us to do so. And we do so walking in the fear of the Lord and obedience to the teaching of the word of God, walking in the Holy Spirit's leading guidance and direction as we walk with Christ Jesus. Beloved brethren, we are engaged in the conflict of the ages. It's as simple as that. Talk about spiritual warfare. This is the conflict of the ages, and we're engaged in it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, if I was to ask you to turn there, verses 1 through 18 reveals that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds that the enemy seeks to erect in front of us and our weapons of warfare down the imaginations and every high thing that seeks to exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And we, you and I, we have a readiness to punish all disobedience in our own lives when our obedience is fulfilled in Christ. That's how we get to the point in our walk with Christ where we don't gravitate to sin, but instead we gravitate to Christ. Deception always seeks to transform the believer into a disobedient follower of God's word. That's the purpose of deception and and demonic deception in particular. It wants to transform you into disobedient Christians so that Satan, who is the accuser of the brethren, can go before God and accuse you. This is the warfare that is underway in the conflict of the ages. That is light against darkness, against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. All the forces of hell itself, all the fallen angels in their thousands and tens of thousands. The, th- the Bible says the third part of the angels in heaven fell with Satan, with Lucifer, fell, followed Lucifer in his wicked defiance and rebellion against God himself. But even we don't have to fear those numbers in Christ. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Emmanuel, God with us, is with us, has never left us. He's the great I am. And the great I am is with us. And when Satan or a demon dares to ask who has sent you, then just do what Moses did and tell him, say, the great I am has sent me. For he, God's only begotten son, the son of the living God is with me. He's with you. Glory be to God in heaven. Glory be to God in heaven, to the majesty on high. Glory be to the majesty on high. 
for it was our Lord Jesus Christ who tells us that we are granted authority and power over demons. Luke 9, 1 amplifies this clearly. Jesus says, I give you power to, over and authority over demons. That's what it says in Luke 9, 1. That's amazing. That amplifies in our, our hearts. So it gives us that it's not in our own strength, not in our own might, but in Christ Jesus, we call on Christ in us, in other words. In faith, believing and trusting in him to be with us as we stand arrayed in the whole armor of God. That's how it's done. It's done by lifting up Jesus Christ. It's done by lifting up God's word. It's preaching the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And we are commissioned to do so. Woe is us if we don't preach the gospel. Demonic deception is designed to stop you. It's designed to stop us. Don't let it stop you. Don't let it stop us from doing so. Preaching the word. Preaching the gospel. Preach the word in season, out of season. Doesn't matter what time of day. Doesn't matter what day it is, month, year. Doesn't matter. Just preach the word in your life. All heaven. All your loved ones and friends and family who are already in heaven waiting for you, all of them are the eyewitnesses of this. Hebrews talks about, in Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, talks about the great cloud of witnesses spoken of who are watching us and observing us. What are they going to do? Are they going to retreat? Are they going to flee? Are they going to stand? Against deception? Are they going to stand against the forces of hell? Are they going to stand for the gospel? Are they going to stand for Christ? Are they going to stand up for the cause of Christ? And so I, I urge you, bring in Bible Chapel. Christian, listen into this. Don't care if you're like me, 47 years in the Lord, or, or if you're 47 minutes in the Lord. Lift up the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Lift up God's holy word in your in your speech, in your manner. Preach the gospel. Preach Christ. Point the lost people to Calvary. Our sister in Christ, Jamie Lynn Crawford Webb. Praise God for our sister in Christ, Jamie Lynn Crawford Webb. She fought cancer. She faced off death, death itself. You know what that woman's pre? She's posting a lot of things since her cancer battle. You know one of the primary things she posts? God's word. Trying to lead folks to Christ. Trying to point people to Jesus. Trying to do what she can to offer a witness for Christ. I find that incredibly remarkable. And yet I've seen it before in Marianne Lansky Bunjevic when she fought cancer. She came to this ministry, served as co-host, and she did so in her weakest and most fragile of 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 
manner and physical well-being, exhausted. Her legs wouldn't work. Her arms wouldn't work. Nothing. She was All she had left was her voice. And she still came to this ministry. And she still spoke as God's Holy Spirit led her to speak. Tell you how many times people came to me and said, I was really blessed by what Mary Ann had to say. Thank you for having her as co-host. And for years and years, while she fought cancer, she did that. Sacrificed herself. She could have took the day off. She could have said, Chappy, I can't make it. I'm hurting too bad. Things are bad, terrible. But she, she didn't. She pressed toward the prize of the her high calling in Christ Jesus. She walked through the pain. Jamie Lynn walked through the pain, the suffering, the hospitalizations, everything she went through, the pain and suffering that she didn't really talk about as much as she could have. And all the brethren that have gone ahead of us who are in heaven today, they didn't quit. They stood. None of them quit. None of them walked away in defeat. None of them cursed God for what happened in their lives. They praised God for what was going on in their lives. And people would come to me and say, how can somebody going through cancer be smiling like that? How can they laugh? How can they have any kind of sense of humor left? And all I could say is, Jesus, go ask Jesus. He has the answer to that question. Jesus does it. It's Jesus. Mary Ann told me one time somebody asked her that, and she couldn't even speak. She was hurting so bad, and all she could do is point up. She pointed up to the sky. That's how she was able to get through it. That's how she was able to do it. The nurses would give her that injection. And let me tell you something. Ain't no small little tiny needle. They would give her those injections. Most people would be crying and screaming. It would hurt so bad. Not Mary Ann. She took the injection. When they asked her, how how do you do, how'd you do that without crying? And she would point up. Or she said, God's grace got me through. God's strength came to me when I needed it. This is what, this is what, why we are the way, where we are and what we're still here for, to preach the gospel. It's been nine years and we're down to our last nine minutes here on the broadcast. I just want to praise God. Praise God for Berean Bible Chapel. Praise God for the saints, all of them. Some of them who were here with us are now in heaven, standing among that great cloud of witnesses. And soon we'll be with them. Soon we'll be there, 
standing at the side of those who went before us. And we'll all be standing someday in heaven. There in God's country. That great undiscovered country. And some of you listening to this broadcast will look across that little that those marbled palace there in that courtyard of the redeemed. And you'll see this old gray haired guy standing there smiling. And rejoicing that God was with us. That our Savior blessed us with ministry. That he entrusted to us the ministry of reconciliation. And we'll look around and we'll see people there. And they'll walk up to you and they'll say, you know something, I'm here because of you. Because of your faithful witness. Because of your devotion to Jesus. Because of your resolute defense of the gospel and God's word. I'm here because you lifted up Jesus and you lifted up the word of God. I'm here. And Jesus will look at us and he'll stand and he'll say to each and every one of us, look around you. Great is your reward. This ministry has been a blessing, this blog talk radio ministry. In spite of the problems and technical glitches, in spite of the issues and all of the rest of it, it's been a blessing sitting here weeping, tears of joy, tears of gratitude to God. For you. Gratitude to God for you. Oh, how I wish Kathy and Anita and Malia were here with us. How I wish all the brethren were together, united. But in my heart, they're united in my prayers. And I'm so grateful to God for the privilege and the high honor accorded me to be pastor of this fellowship, this blessed little flock. Pray for the ministry, beloved. Pray for the ministry. God bless you. I'll go out with the the song that began this ministry nine years ago. The first song I ever played on Berean Bible Chapel Blog Talk Radio. God bless you. Please listen till the end.
broadcast. Thank you for loving me and my wife, Patty. God bless you. I love you. Good night.